Yep. Hello, wonderful listeners. Welcome back to Black Belts or Bust. I'm Misty. And I'm Keely. We're back on Zoom with our little pause <laughs> and everything we say. And, and Keely's going to kill me because I'm going to ask, okay, what are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I sent you the itinerary. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. so, I have it. <laughs> no. So today is kind of similar to something we talked about here recently when we were talking about New Year's resolutioners, but it's more of getting back into training. Get, so for getting people, back into There we go. Getting back into training. That's <laughs> There we go. So for people that have started training or there were a couple instances that we saw in a lot of the women's social media grappling groups where it was somebody had tried jujitsu maybe one or two weeks or maybe upwards of a month and then shutdown happened. And so they're very new into jujitsu, but it's not like they're start, they're starting fresh. You know, they already went through the whole coming into the gym for the first time. So this is tailored to especially like lower ranks that maybe you had to take time off. Maybe like in my situation, you have COVID and you had to break up your schedule or, you know, you have other priorities, family, school, um, we're in that holiday limbo where no one knows what day it is. Everybody just kind of throws nutrition and working out, out the window where they're like, oh, I'll start it in the new year. And, or some people are still coming back from that break or vacation, or maybe the spring semester is about to start. And you're like, well, how do I get back into the swing of things? How do I get back into my training schedule into just into the gym. How do I come back into the gym after taking this time off? Cause if you're like me and you normally have like structure and plans and all of a sudden, if that goes out the window, it really throws everything off. So how can we come back from a weird time off, no matter how long it is into training? So what do you think, Missy? What did you do? Let's go with that. What did you recently do? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So with Hall, so we went and competed in Florida, and then immediately I jumped back into the gym, into rolling, working hard. And then Christmas was here, started training really hard again, like I'm trying to compete, which I don't know why. I like, I think it was just a habit I created of like, nope, I got to go back in. I got to work hard, mm-hmm. you know, next best thing to stay ready. But really that it's the end of the year. I really should be slowing down, taking care of my body, doing more of like flow stuff or just drilling. Um, and I don't know if my competition schedule was a habit I created. So now that I'm done competing, I'm still like, all right, let's get back to the gym and we're going to work really, really hard. And now I'm just so tired rather than easing myself back into it after doing all that. Exactly. So I see it as like three different options. One, you can do Misty's way and go 110% full bore balls to the wall, right back into it, no laps and going as hard as possible. And all of a sudden your body's like, fuck you. The other spectrum, what a lot of people think is, what if I just don't go back? You know, I mean, it is an option. Even though it's not an option, we like to admit some people aren't going to come back. End of story. 
I mean, mm-hmm. I almost didn't come back. You've heard me talk about that on the episode multiple times now. Um, and that is a fear. Some people, they're like, I took all this time off. I, especially for me, like I left as a blue belt for a little bit where it's, I had those couple of months off and it was like, I don't deserve this blue belt anymore. I'm going to come back. I'm going to be a target, but I'm not going to be able to handle myself. And so there's like this mental conflict. That's another reason blue belt blues. When people leave, they don't come back. Cause they're like, Oh, I should be held to the standard. Mm-hmm. What if I don't meet that standard anymore? And a lot of it's like, you may not remember technique. It's like riding a bike. You're going to pick technique back up. Right. Um, but the happy medium is maybe transition yourself back into training rather than going 110% or 0%, maybe find a little happy medium and gradually get back into training, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think something that's important is really creating like some sort of training schedule to ease you back into it. Um, everybody who does this, I think we get caught in that comparison trap or if my teammates are, you know, they're performing this way, I need to perform at that level or um, even in, you know, like some, what? Even in quarantine, like some people, for example, our wonderful, beautiful friend, Kelsey Carter, purple belt now, I think, is this episode? Okay. You'll probably have heard the episode prior to this. It's going to be really sooner where we had her on to talk about our COVID chronicle experience. Anyways. When I saw her doing some things where she would like try to get on a bike and do stuff like that. And I'm like, I have zero motivation right now. So mm-hmm. I was in the compare, like the comparison trap where I was like, somebody who is at my level is doing this and I'm not doing this. Like I should be doing more. I have the accessibility of a little home gym. I should be doing that. But you, but it's like you said, we can't fall in that comparison for one person or a net or the next because we don't know how they feel they don't know how we feel you know it's we're different people yeah and like everybody's body and mind is different it's like I can only take so much before I hit that that burnout phase or I feel like shit and then I can't it takes me so long to recover and I'm still trying to find you know, what works for me. And like, I'm in my thirties, I'm not old. Like I feel very youthful, but sometimes it's like, I need to slow down. I'm not a teenager. Like sometimes I, I've really got to realize that when I see some of these like really young competitors who can just train all day, every day, and just, they have so much energy. I'm like, that's not me. I'm not like that. Um, or like they go all day without not, food and then they can eat a yeah. bunch of shit and we're like, we can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Can't. Our metabolism doesn't work like that anymore. No, it doesn't. And I think one thing that can be really helpful is like you, you, you have your coach, coach, your jujitsu coach, your professor. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes there are performance coaches, you know, like I found a performance coach, but it was more for like my my food and nutrition and making sure that I was completely fueled, Mm -hmm. making sure I was taking rest days. Um, It it can be very complimentary to that because I can still be a great competitor. I can still be really good at jujitsu, but the way I approach my training, even after I take a break may need to be different from someone else's. Right. And I do, and I do. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, sometimes I do come back and just go really hard because I, I don't feel like I really need to, but I kind of want to, I just want to jump back into it. 
and sometimes yeah. it's not good. Sometimes I can survive it, but. But sometimes mentally that's how it works for us where it's like, I just need to get through the first couple of days where I feel like shit. And then my body's like, you're back in it. You've adapted, like you're used to this again. Um, mm-hmm. Especially in terms of like building habits where it's like, sometimes you just need to make yourself do all these classes. So all of a sudden you're back in the habit of doing it. Um, but mm-hmm. you, you brought up a really good point in that it's how much you can handle. And I think of all of the things we categorize that we need to do where all of a sudden we're like, Oh, our nutrition needs to be on point. We need to do weightlifting. We need to do strength and conditioning again. We need to go to class again. We need to do all of our responsibilities again and do our eight to five job and do all this stuff. And we put everything on at the same time. We think we have to do all of this at the same time. And a lot of times we treat them as these independent entities where it's, you know, I think of, oh, I should be performing this way for strength and conditioning. I should be eating this many calories. I should be sleeping this much. I should be doing this. But if I'm looking at them independently, the crosstalk isn't there. And that, you know, (laughs) if I'm like, I only need this many calories, but I'm not taking into consideration all of the weightlifting I'm doing, the classes I'm going to, then I feel shit across the board. Or maybe by doing so much strength and conditioning, our jujitsu suffers because by the time we get in the class, we're mentally out, like we're done. We're our body mm-hmm. says no for the rest of the day. So I think part of it too is that when we come back, we try to do everything the same amount, and we only think about each thing like as its own category rather than the whole picture. Because I think we've yeah. talked about that with our coaches too, where sometimes it's like the programs we're given or the coaching we're given, it's like, they don't talk to one another. So they don't know, mm-hmm. oh yeah, funny story. I actually maxed out the day before. And then you're trying to do, have me do a heavy lift or, you know, I did two hours of competition rolling right before this. And now all of a sudden in drill class, it's like, my brain doesn't work. Yeah. Um, and I think too, there's this, this internal battle with, am I doing too much or am I doing enough? Yeah. Because sometimes you aren't fully aware that you're, you're doing too much or you are aware of it. And let's say, you know, your, your schedule is what it is, but your body is telling you to rest and you're like, okay, I need to rest. Sometimes it feels like I still don't feel like I'm doing enough. I've got to keep going. And sorry, sometimes I'll have, um, like with David, I'll be like, I'm not feeling training. Um, and he'll say, go ahead, take the night off. Or he's very aware of like my, my, my training schedule, my patterns where he's like, no, you need to go train. Cause it's like, oh yeah, I haven't been training enough. Cause sometimes mentally my days get mixed up. Like really like we're in this limbo of the year. Well, this, this is going to be released in January, but, (laughs) but like we're recording this, that it's that week in between Christmas and new year's where everybody Mm -hmm. is so disoriented. We don't know what day of the week it is. Um, what really (laughs) matters? nothing really matters. So I'm already kind of disoriented from that where it's like, I'll be training and I'm like, I am so tired. And I'm like, well, when was the last time I trained? And it was like four days ago. Mm-hmm. You know, so I get, so sometimes you have to have those people around you tell you either like, no, you've been training really hard. You need to take tonight off or no, you need to keep going. Cause I think we either have an awareness of it or we don't. 
Does that make sense? It it really does because it's also this troubleshooting process where, like you said, sometimes it feels like you're doing too much. Sometimes it feels like you're doing, you're not doing enough. So it's like, it takes a lot of trial and error to get to that happy medium. But there's also an understanding that that happy medium does not work all the time, either with Mm -hmm. what priorities you have. Like if you've got a certain type of competition coming up, or if you have like a really stressful period in your time coming up, that maybe that's not going to work for certain situations, but also as you age and develop and grow, the amount that you can handle is going to change as well. You know, for like the first thing I think of is, especially with women, you know, some people who are like heavy competitors, you know, I think of Natalie boss, she decided to start a family. So it's like, she needed to tailor her training and diet for her pregnancy and now postpartum. And hopefully we're going to have her on the show in a little, uh, probably in hopefully the next couple of weeks, actually, you know, amazing person. Uh, yeah. Misty knows her a lot more in terms of doing that, uh, performance blueprint, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but nothing's going to work all the time <laughs> the same way. No. You know, you were always tailoring no. schedule and how much we're doing to what's coming up in our situation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and like one of the reasons I had to do the performance blueprint is because I wasn't eating enough, enough food to support my energy output and not because I didn't want to, I just wasn't aware of the low amount of calories I was consuming. I thought it was enough and that's, you know, tracking my food helped, um, do that. And now, and I did that back in March. Mm -hmm. during quarantine and then at the end of the year when master's worlds came up and I was like okay I need to be at this weight this is my weight now um you know I did have start wearing a fitness tracker so I could see really ideally what my energy output was because when you're doing competitive rolling like you are in a competition training class so you and I would either go to Spartanburg or we were over at Alliance doing comp training. We would probably burn between 600 and 800 calories, honestly. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of food that you've got to replace in your body and that caloric intake that I wasn't doing before. And mm-hmm. now that I became aware of what that energy output was, I had to increase my food. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about this more with, um, Natalie as well, because she, you know, she is a registered dietitian. We can talk about it, but going back to like that feeling drained or not feeling like you're doing enough or just keeping up with what your body can do. That was part of it. You know, like, I'm like, okay, let's get ready for this big competition. What? And fueling yourself. Like we know how we feel in terms of performance based off of what we eat. And so there were times where I was just like, I'm not eating enough. And that's when we would supplement with protein shakes or energy shakes and stuff like that. And it wasn't, and the only reason we use a lot of these supplements, I think we need to have a conversation just about like supplement, like supplements added to training because the only, the only reason we add supplements is when we are not able to attain those things in our normal diet in terms of like, for those of us trying to really dramatically increase protein. I can only eat so many ounces of chicken breast in a day where I'm just like, I'm tired of it. I don't want to eat it anymore. But sometimes instead of doing like 32 ounces of chicken breast, you know, you do 
six to eight ounces at one point and then a protein shake, you know, sometimes in terms of like getting Mm -hmm. extra calories, it's like, okay, we'll be driving from Spartanburg and I'll be putting back a protein shake before dinner, just because I'm like, okay, by the time we get home, it's an hour later, I'll actually be hungry. And so it's, it's figuring out the things you need. I know so many people, they're like, I've been training for two days now. I just started jiu-jitsu. What supplements do I need? And it's like, but do you really need any yet? Maybe figure out how your body is going to adjust first, especially getting back into training and then figure out if you need to supplement something to your diet. I know with taking so much time off, like I'm not lifting as frequently right now with being kind of locked in the house. Um, I'm not doing jujitsu. So I'm not doing a protein shake every day. Like I was in my mind, Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, if I do certain workouts, then I'm going to supplement with a protein shake to make sure I'm getting enough protein. But if I'm not doing enough, I don't need those additional grams of protein, you know, because I'm not doing anything worth doing muscle accretion. So it's, it's figuring out how much you're doing and how much you need. And I think, like you said, when we bring Natalie on here, she's going to, she teaches macro classes. So she's going to be able to just so much more eloquently explain everything. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, oh, I lost my train of thought. Oh, so yeah. So like when you're coming back into training after taking a break, because Here's the other thing. When you're taking a break, your habits are going to kind of shift for like whatever, like if it's a week, week, a month, whatever happens, your, your habits are going to start to shift as well. So let's say you're sick or you're going through something, you might not have an appetite. That's going to really affect your, your eating habits. That's going to affect what you eat and how your body feels. Um, and also those you are know, prior to overworking too. So like signs yeah. burnout and overworking because like during my preliminaries, so my preliminaries started November 30th and I finished December 21st in that period of time, I lost signs of appetite where my body wasn't telling me that I needed to eat. Cause I had gotten myself on such a schedule that I wasn't listening to my body. And it was just, I just kept putting coffee back and water and stuff like that. Come to find out I wasn't drinking the same amount of water. I was drinking like half, really only living off of caffeine. Didn't, wasn't hungry, didn't want anything, you know, wasn't doing additional shakes. So part of it too is like your body quits telling you and all of a sudden you lose weight and you're not supposed to. Yeah. Um, Because when you take those breaks, which I mean, you're, you're having to do that now. We all you know, whatever we experience during quarantine, um, you know, or we get injured or we're sick and you take that time off, you, your habits shift and then coming back into the gym, like me, I just went ahead and just jumped back in. I was like, okay, let's go ahead and train hard. Um, some people, you might not feel that either. You might walk into a class, you put on your gi and you're sitting around, you're looking, you're like, I don't want to be here. Like, I really don't want to be here right now. <laughs> I want to turn around and go home. Um, and that's a whole different thing because like you and I, I think we have a very similar relationship with the word motivation where we kind of think it's bullshit. Yeah. It's either you do it or you don't. It has its, and, it has you know, its purpose. <laughs> like, for example, in the past two weeks, the first thing that's come to mind is like, I have no motivation. And I'm like, I don't even really agree with motivation 
I'm using air quotes, but it, yeah. is, it has, it plays a role, you know, it, it inspires yeah. you to do something. Maybe you see somebody else do something, or you've watched something very motivational, whether it be a movie or you heard somebody speaking and all of a sudden it lights a fire and you're like, yeah, I'm going to do that today. Um, like we were talking earlier for me, it was just like a mental headspace where, mm-hmm. you know, the past couple weeks I've just felt down, um, I describe my days as like high days or low days. And the past couple of days have just been like a low day where I just Mm -hmm. felt like meh, it's like kind of gray. And then today I just feel good where it's like, I feel like I want to be productive and I want to do this. So I would say this is like my motivational day, you know, where I am more motivated to do something, but overall habits are going to be the big thing. You know, do you have a habit of doing stuff even when you don't want to do it? I believe in that more yeah. than just the few days where you're like, I do want to do this today, but am I going to do it tomorrow kind of deal? Yeah. Well, and I think some people have um, a drive to do things and some people don't. So sometimes it's like, let's take jujitsu, for example. Mm-hmm. There are days I'm very driven to go and train and there are days I'm driven to it's not even training, maybe study matches, go back and watch technique videos that I've recorded, um, go and watch YouTube videos. Like I, I want to do those things, maybe more of like the studying and then the training and stuff. And there are some days where I just, like I said, I'll walk into the gym and I'm like, I do not want to be here. Like I really don't. Sometimes that's due to that overworking, that exhaustion. And sometimes it's, just feeling the energy of the people there. And I'm like, I don't want to be around these people anyways. Um, do you know, you know what I mean? Where it's just like, I'm not feeling it today. I don't want to be here. It's like, so you, yeah, it's like the breakdown in Orlando for me. Yeah. When I was so burnt out. So Misty was a trooper and she <laughs> got me through this just mental break from everything going on in the middle of preliminaries. Like, so we're in Orlando. I had just competed and lost. It happens. Um, lost to the same girl that was, had won worlds and beat me in February. And it wasn't the loss that upset me, but the second we did the podium picture, I could not get my gi and belt off fast enough. I was like, I just, I didn't want to be associated with jujitsu and yeah. I could have enrolled for the open. And this was one of the few times that I didn't, where it was like, I just, I've never had the feeling of like, I just don't want to jujitsu today. I don't want to do jujitsu. I don't want to be yeah. associated with jujitsu. Um, and that's when, that's not like me. And that's when I was like, I realized I hit, I hit a breaking point with everything going on. Cause then you, you watched me, I had my laptop and I worked on a prelim yeah. at the venue <laughs> with jujitsu. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Because I had a written preliminary due the next day. Um, I had never felt like that before ever where it was like, I've never had the feeling of, I just don't want to do this. I'm always like, I mean, you've seen me, I've been injured and I'm like, I still want to do an absolute. And David's like, no, the fuck you're not. Um, yeah. So for me, it was acknowledging being like, something's really wrong or I'm really burnt out because I never feel like this. You know, that was my sign. Yeah maybe you need to take a step back. So I know that's an extreme, but I get what you mean where sometimes you're like, I don't want to do this today. Or you walk in and you're like, I really don't want to deal with people. I want to do jujitsu, but I really don't want to deal with people and how they yeah. make you feel about your like, 
yeah that and it's like um speaking of the Orlando Open I think that was just an off day for the both of us but I was like after I pulled guard and was in my guard I'm like I don't want to finish this I don't like I was like I don't want to be here right now I don't I'm not feeling this um I just really didn't want to do it Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I like signed up to do it but I mean it was like you said you were going through your burnout from school training you know this has been a weird year for competing just a weird year in general and like you know I could see it on your face like just being around you I like how you felt I think we all tend to feel that at some point but Mm -hmm. yeah it's like there are times where I'm like, I, I love jujitsu and I do want to do it and I'm not going to quit, but right now I don't want to do it. And And I think that's totally fine. And we also had the moment where both of us were like, should we do this next absolute because we're here mainly because we didn't want to hear negative responses once we got back to like the jujitsu community. And that we were like, well, if we don't, so-and-so is going to talk shit. And we needed to completely separate that where it was about yeah. how we felt rather than how we thought people were going to respond to us, whether we competed or not. And that, I think that's another thing where people hesitate to come back. And I mean, like, I know I went through this where it was in your mind, you're like, well, what are they going to say? I've taken all this time off. How are they going to respond and react to me coming back into the gym? Or if you end up going to a different gym, explaining to them being like, Hey, I've actually trained before. It may not seem like it, but I took this time off. Um, and just that fear of how are your peers going to respond to you? I think that's another reason why people take time off or like, yeah, fear coming back especially if yeah, like, like the training partners you see every day and all of a sudden you're not there and they are kind of like, what the fuck is going on? And you're just like, oh, I've upset them. I've disappointed them. I don't want to go back because then I might disappoint them and upset them again. And then they're not going to want to be my training partners anymore. Like this like downward spiral. Yeah. And, you know, David, mentions this a lot other people mention this a lot where they're like you just need to focus on yourself because I think we have both actually in the like for us the the people saying stuff behind our back isn't a fear that we have it's things that people have said before mm-hmm. you know that we know like these are things that have actually happened where it's like no you're you're creating this in your head and it's like no I know what people have said you know and those are not people I want to be around or deal with, you know, cause they're not concerned with themselves or concerned about me or they're concerned about you or other people within the gym. And their opinion really doesn't mean anything. Um, because I know like, he's like, like for, why do you let it bother you? <laughs> yeah. And it's and like, it bothers me. <laughs> it, it, it bothers me because I think there's both this part of, Hey, we need to support our teammates. We need to support other women um, and all these other things. But it's like, they, they don't actually do it. They'll say those things, but they don't actually do it. Mm-hmm. And we go out, we put ourselves out there consistently by competing or we're training when people don't see us train. 
Like there have been times where we meet outside of classes because either the classes conflict with us or maybe we want to focus on different parts of our game. Mm -hmm. People don't see that. They, they don't see us behind the scenes and doing that grinding. So when we're going out and competing and getting, you know, you've been getting, like you said, silver medals. Oh yeah. <laughs> You're kind of oh, like yeah. right there. Me, I've been stuck in third place. And at first, you know, I was like, okay, this is cool. Like I'm putting myself out there. I'm competing and now I'm, you know, getting on the podium and I'm placing, but it's been the same place on the freaking podium. And then, you know, coming back to the gym and having people talk shit, be like, oh, well, they, you know, they want to compete, work hard and do all this stuff. But it's like, I'm the one paying the, the tournament fee. I'm the one putting myself out there in front of an audience to, you know, display my jujitsu and I'm coming up short. And it's frustrating because it's like, I think where our fear and frustration comes out and the same for people who may be scared to come back to in the gym is from people actually saying negative things about them. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's within our own heads. Like, um, I feel like maybe we're, you know, we're overthinking those things because really the only opinion that matters is myself or it's like, I feel that that way, or, you know, someone else might've said something negative when I have people who, I've never met and looked up to in the jujitsu community who are saying positive things about me. And then the more I hear those positive things, the better I feel about my jujitsu and those negative comments just seem to dissipate and go away. But like, we have that fear because it's there and other people are going to have that fear because I'm certain that we are not the only ones that feel that way when we go out and compete, mm -hmm. let alone taking a long break and coming back to the gym and for someone who's an upper rank let's say you know blue belt we'll say blue belt and higher who may have had to take a long break due to injury personal reasons loss of drive whatever it is and they come back and they don't feel like they're representing the yeah. belt well yep. they're not representing the gym or their coach professors and teammates well and I think we just create that fear because here's my thing that part of an epiphany that I have, this isn't a big deal. I think we make jujitsu so much of a bigger deal than it actually is. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, jujitsu has saved lives. I'm not going to take away from that. Jujitsu has helped a lot of people with self-defense, develop a skill, be part of a community. What I, what I'm saying when, I, when we have made jujitsu a bigger deal than it is, is those things like, Hey, I'm doing this small local tournament and I lose. And it's just like, it's almost the end of the world. It's like, yeah, no, no one gives a shit. <laughs> no one's literally going to remember that, you know, when you come back to the gym. I so in my head, I think it's like, it was yeah. like, all they remember is, did you win or lose? Not how you did it. Where it's like, Hey, I won yeah. or I lost. How many people ask you how? Not many. Yeah. Unless it's like someone you train with or your coach who's like, what did you do wrong? Even if you won, they're like, what did yeah. you do wrong? <laughs> and so it's like, you have to analyze everything you did. Not many people are going to ask that. Not many people are going to yeah. care. No, no. And so you, you will have a few people that are like, oh, it happened, you know? And then you sit and explain, you're like, you know, I'm, I messed up. It's like, okay. You know, that's why I'm here mm -hmm. again to fix <laughs> the mistakes that I made. And you know, a lot of us experience that because even like 
um, David talking about jujitsu in Brazil, he's like, it's not a big deal. Like in Brazil, it's, it's everywhere. It is what it is. And here in the United States, you know, you have all of us who are like, jujitsu is life. Like, this is my life. Like, this is the only thing that matters. And I was like, no, it's, it is what it is. And so I think that's my new attitude going into 2021 with jujitsu is I think I'm going to try and have more fun with it, less pressure, things like that. The stuff that we, you know, you and I conversed about yesterday, um, with our new year, on our new year's resolution. Yeah. Yeah. You are allowed to love other things. There's nothing that says you can't, or there's nothing that you're like, you know, I'm going to take this next month and work on mobility and stretching and stuff like that. You know, I'm going to take this next month and work on building muscle and stuff like that. I'm going to take this next month and pick up a different hobby, like baking or something and gain 20 pounds, you know? Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. You're you're allowed other things outside of jujitsu. Yes. And one of my favorite things to see with like black belts in jujitsu is the other hobbies they're picking up and they're taking, you know, like one black belt I know, you know, she, her out jujitsu was her outlet for so long. Now she's starting dancing like ballroom, like a form of ballroom dancing. And I love seeing that because it kind of does take the pressure off me as a blue belt where I'm like, you get to that level and you get all those achievements. And then it's just like, I'm going to try this new thing. Mm -hmm. I want to kind of approach it like that this next year where you do have people who are like jujitsu's life. I kind of want to be the person where I'm like, jujitsu's fun and it supplements my life in such a good way, but it's not the only thing. There are so many other things that I can, mm-hmm. I can be doing as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so back- but I, yeah. No, okay. Oh, I was just going to say, I think that connects with what we're talking about with it, you know, coming back after a break. It really does. And kind of like getting back into how you can get back into training once you take a break. So injuries can fall into this category and we're going to have our own episodes about like dealing with injuries, coming back, stuff like that. But this was mainly focused on just in general, people who have taken time off from jujitsu and can get back to normal training, or they don't have limitations in terms of their training. That's what some of these recommendations are for. For example, If you were training and you took a break for a while, so like me personally, I did not immediately go back to rolling. You know, sometimes there's a fear where it's like, I'm just going to get tapped. And even though that's not a big deal, we do make it a big deal. And in my mind, it was like, I'm not going to be able to do anything. I'm not going to be, and mine wasn't, I'm going to get tapped. It was, I'm going to get hurt. So I felt like I couldn't protect myself. So I just did drilling for the first couple of weeks where I did one to two classes and then build on a third and then build on a fourth and then became obsessive and had no life and did all the classes all the time, every day and all the open mats and rolling and stuff like that. You know, it's just, it's like a downward spiral. You do a little bit and then all of a sudden you do everything. Right. Um, yeah. But you can do that transition where it's maybe you start doing a couple more workouts. Maybe you just start cleaning up your diet just so you feel better before you even start doing anything. Maybe if you've been home a lot, you just start increasing your steps gradually and then maybe going for a couple runs. You know, a lot of it should be things that you can incorporate in your daily life that won't make a huge difference all at once because normally when we do too much too soon, we don't want to do it anymore. The first example I think of is one of my friends picked up a nutritionist 
and he really cut all of her calories and all of her food was very bland. And she had like her and I had a discussion where she's like, I don't enjoy eating anymore. So I don't want to eat, but then I'm really hungry and I don't feel fueled. And so it's, it's this balance where sometimes you just need to make small substitutions that you will stick with rather than these big, huge changes, because the big thing is over time, like how some people do some of these fad diets, once they stop their body really rebounds. So they end up gaining back almost all of the weight. So that's another reason why we're very much like, don't do these fad diets so much as just make healthy alternatives that you can actually stick with you know, small changes. Yeah. Um, no, I think that's a really good point too. Cause even if you can make it back to training, you might not be able to roll. You can only either flow roll and you might not be able to drill everything that's being shown too. So a lot of that taking it easy, you know, easing yourself back into it. Um, I, I think those really important like valid, important things, you know, on, on top to think of that, about maybe new people, you know, maybe a, maybe a big part of why you can't do everything you used to do or try is because you don't know the people and you don't mm-hmm. trust them yet. So part of it could be, you need to build a relationship with these people and trust them before you start figuring out, okay, what can and I, and can't I do anymore? Cause part of it yeah. might be like, if I'm surrounded by a group of guys that are all 60 pounds, minimum heavier than me, I might be like, I'm not going to try to barambolo you. If you're just going to like squash me or like yeah. fully land on me. So it could be, I'm going to work with these guys for the next couple of weeks, figure out which one I've developed a good relationship with and be like, Hey, I'm going to figure out what I can and can't do. Like with the neck injury, I was like, I don't know if I can go inverted. So it was, I picked a few very trustworthy people to find out can't yeah. even go inverted anymore. Yeah. And, and I don't think everybody's professors are the same. I know with our coach, he's very aware of how everybody rolls and how everybody's games are in like size differences too, because we, you know, one of our teammates who had a knee injury, he let, cause he was like, I'm cleared to come back and train, cleared to roll a little bit. David wanted to ease him back into that. And he had him roll with me first because he knew I was going to kill him. Like every time I roll with someone new or someone who's coming back from an injury, I always ask, I say, Hey, do you have any injuries I need to be aware of? Where are they at? Or if it's someone I know who either had like a surgery, they've been sick, they were injured. I'm very hyper aware of where that injury is. And even let's say if I'm passing your guard on that side, I'm like, is your knee okay? Is your ankle okay? Is your foot okay? <laughs> I always get really worried about that. So sometimes your coaches are aware of that or from, you know, the point of view of someone, let's say you've been training consistently and you do have teammates slowly coming back, be aware of injuries. If they've been sick, um, you know, any of those things, or if you're that person, you can say, Hey coach, I'm, I'll roll with them. I'll flow with them. And as long as you have that good communication, because yes, we have known people who will be like, I'm taking it easy. Can you go easy with me? And you're like, sure. And then they go hundred percent take advantage of you going. So yes, you dealt with that, but exactly where I want to go with this, where it's, you brought up something perfect for the people who are in the gym in terms of how to correctly respond to some people coming back, you know, being patient with them, 
being realistic with them and being like, okay, maybe this person was sick and they can't breathe very well during a roll. Maybe we need to do a lighter roll and dealing with other people coming back. And, but you bring up a good point where it's, if you are the person coming back, maybe from a little bit of a break, you need to be realistic with yourself. You need to be realistic with what you can do, what you can handle and how hard you should actually go. For example, a lot of people during the holidays, they've completely quit, you know, like for the last three, four weeks of the year, they don't train at all. They've gained a lot of weight um, or have had one too many drinks. You know, it's fine. If that happened to you, it's fine. But when you come back in the gym, do not think you can roll the same way you did before you left. Where how some people, it's all of a sudden there's like a 20 pound difference. If you try to roll with me the same way, I could get hurt because you don't want to acknowledge you gained weight. Or they yeah. get fast very quickly. They try to go hard instead of going very technical. And all of a sudden you're like, hey man, I've been training for the past month. I'm going to beat the fuck out of you. Like you need to calm down a little bit. Where, like we talked about matching energy, if you have taken a break and you come back and you're trying to go hard, you do not want the person who's been training consistently to match your energy because you will get fucked up. And then guess what? You may have to take more time off or you may be discouraged and want to leave. But part of it could be you were just a little bullheaded when you came back. So when you come back, you need to be realistic with what you can do, what you are capable of. And where you are mentally. Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, So it's just having an awareness for yourself and your teammates. And, you know, like I said before, if you're the teammate that's been training consistently and you have a teammate or teammates coming back after injuries or surgeries, just time off from quarantine, whatever it is, just having an awareness of that. because I, I want to be the person who people feel safe rolling with. And I want to be that person too, that like, if I'm hurt, I can trust all my teammates to make sure I'm taken care of. You know, I think that's super important, important, especially for the longevity of this sport, because jujitsu is something that can last your entire lifetime, but what are you doing to preserve the longevity of your body to continue to train? Mm-hmm. If that means, Hey, I've got to tap every single round or maybe not use my right arm or, you know, roll with these people who are just going to keep me safe. Using that to preserve the, the longevity of your training, I think is really important and something to consider, you know, cause who knows when, you know, if you haven't had to take a break yet, cause I've been training. You're going to, yeah. um, you're going to, I've been tra- Yeah. I haven't had to take a long break. The longest break I've taken has been like two weeks. And that's only because I was traveling. That's it. And just coming right back in it. Um, but some people, you know, they're on as lucky, they're going to have to take years off and then come back. So, um, I know those are things that like, I wanted to talk about today, especially when it comes back to training. I don't know if you have anything else to add. I did it until as you were talking, I thought of like one last thing. I know, like, if we're gone for a couple weeks, we are a little salty being like, well, no one checked in on me. No one reached out. You know, people have their own lives. That doesn't mean that they don't care about you. They may not know what's going on. So I know whenever, like, the first time I took time off, I was, you know, a little upset being like, 
no one talked to me. No one checked in with me. And then David was the one that reached out and he's like, no, you're coming back. You know, maybe make it an initiative for yourself. If you haven't taken time off to be the person to reach out, to make sure your friend's going to come back. You know, if you personally are upset when nobody checks in with you, then maybe you need to be like, okay, what about our relationship? Like, maybe you don't have as good of a relationship. Okay. Can I be upset that somebody's not texting me being like, Hey, you missed one class. Do you miss classes? You know, if you miss classes, they might think it's normal. They might think it has something going on. Guess what? It's COVID. Maybe people are just quarantining, you know, maybe people have gotten really busy or stuff's going on. You don't know. So try not to take that too personally. Um, Sometimes people are like, well, my coach didn't really check in. Well, do you have a a closer relationship with that individual? Because if you don't, it's not abnormal that they don't message you. For example, how many students does David have now? Like, like legitimately, like how many students? There's there's a lot. Yeah. I mean, there's so many students. How can they keep track of each individual? If you have a really close relationship with them and you think it's more of like, this is my close personal friend and they didn't check in, that's one thing. But being like, oh, my teammates didn't check in. My coaches didn't check in. Well, do you have the relationship to warrant that? If it's a new relationship, maybe they don't know. Maybe they don't, they think you don't want to be bothered. You know, try not to let that impact whether you come back or not. I've seen a lot of people being like, no one checked on me. Well, it's understandable. It's the holiday season. People during this time of year, people disappear and it's normal. So maybe try not to take it too much to heart, but also think if you have felt that way, maybe be the person to reach out to somebody to be like, Hey, you haven't been here. Has it been because of this? Like, I don't mean to bother you. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, you know, but I wanted to check to make sure when you were coming back, you know, like, well, you, and like you, you check in with me a lot. Yeah. Dave checks in with me a lot yeah. because we have that relationship. Yeah. Um, too. And I know that like, sometimes we'll reach out and be like, Hey, I'm not training tonight because of this. Exactly. Just so you know, um, cause sometimes you may only like to train with certain people and, if you know you're not going to be there and they may either be worried or they only like to train with you, just giving someone a heads up to be like, Hey, I'm not going to be training tonight. Just so you know, this is what's going on. Or I've been sick. And especially with COVID where it's like, I've had COVID. I just wanted to let you know, I found out I had COVID, um, you know, and obviously like that kind of courtesy, but, um, me, I'm just kind of, I have my dumb moments where there have been times where I've been in the middle of training and I'm like, wait a minute. I haven't seen so-and-so in like six months. And like, you completely forget. Sometimes we're just, sometimes we're just too (laughs) self-absorbed to really pay attention to our surroundings. So one day you're like, wait a minute. I haven't seen this person in a long time. No, you might not even be friends on social media that you're like, huh, I wonder what happened to them. Or you have no, like, you don't realize it until somebody else points it out. Like you or David will be like, so-and-so hasn't been in class in a while. And all of a sudden you're like, shit, no, they haven't. <laughs> like, yeah. Or you're like, and it's nothing, <laughs> nothing personal. It's just, everybody has stuff going on. Well, yeah. that or all of a sudden somebody be like, oh yeah, didn't you know, like they moved and you're like, wait, what? You know, like, yeah random stuff or yeah or sometimes it's like someone that like you know or like you train with and get along with and it's like yeah they like you said they moved it I'm like what 
Like, I and they don't even say anything either, just, right? They're just, just like up and gone. You're like, you're like, hey man, like where have you been? They're like, oh yeah, I'm I just moved. I got a new job. Like, what? Mm. Okay. No. <laughs> Peak example. So, like, especially during prelims and everything, I wasn't there as frequently. You and I were just working when we could, or we were at Alliance. So, like, we weren't even at UFC a lot. And I didn't hear from a lot of like our teammates. Not a big deal because you know, they didn't know. And I also hadn't been at CrossFit a lot and hadn't heard from any of them. Am I upset by it? You know, I'm a little sad because some I were close to, but at the same time, did I make an announcement going, Hey, everybody, I have COVID. I'm not going to be there for a few weeks. No, you know, like if, like if people don't know, you can't be upset. And also then once you get back and you're like, Hey, everybody, I'm back. And they're like, Oh, where have you been? And then you tell them that they're like, oh my God, why didn't you say anything? You know, that's normally the response yeah. you get is why didn't you say anything? It's like, well, I didn't want to bother you. Don't be upset if you didn't get the attention for the things you didn't let them know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Was the David, Shut, hold on. David just got um Reese's might be loud. Okay. Sorry. He's going to whine. Okay. We're good. Um, that's all I wanted yeah. to say. That was the last thing I wanted to say. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that was a good episode. I think that kind of wraps things up. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, are we ending? <laughs> we're out of it. Okay. One of us is sick and the other is tired. So, yay. <laughs> okay. Bye, people. Bye. <laughs>